Welcome back to the Highway to Health Podcast, and thanks for connecting with us again on Pod Wheels, powered by Radio Nemo. In this episode, Lindsay Bryan returns to the podcast. She is the health and wellness manager for the St. Christopher Truckers Relief Fund, and Lindsay will be helping us to get ready for flu season by discussing flu vaccines and a program that SCF is setting up to help professional drivers. Dave Nemo will be your host for this edition of the Highway Health Podcast. And now let's hand it off to Dave for his feature interview with Lindsay Bryan. Hey, good morning, Lindsay. Good morning. How are you? Doing good, doing good. Thank you so much for being with us here this morning. Thanks for what you do. And of course, St. Christopher has had the vaccine voucher program for a number of years now. Still going strong, huh? It is. It absolutely is. And we're looking at possibly even expanding into some other vaccination options in the future. But yeah, it's a very popular program. I guess when it comes down to it, the big three in terms of the vaccines that you really should have as adults, there are a lot of them that you get as kids and everything, are the flu, the pneumonia, and of course, the shingles. Let's start with the flu. We're getting into flu season. A lot of people, they're miserable, they're sniveling, they're tired, they're achy. They think they have the flu. A lot of people just have a bad cold. They don't know what it is to have the actual flu in many cases. Yeah. So the flu, it looks very similar to a lot of other respiratory viruses. It really does. But I think the biggest thing that stands out is that it comes on very quickly and it's hard. Many times people describe it as like it just kind of came on over the course of a few hours. I went from being mostly just fine to all of a sudden I'm down on the couch or in bed or down for the count. And then the rest that follows, of course, is what we know as being really sick. About 1996 or so, about a year after we moved to Nashville, I was out on a trip doing a live broadcast when I came home. Claire Marie, and our listeners know who Claire Marie is, and her mom were literally, literally on the floor in the living room when I walked in. They were so sick they couldn't even get up off the floor to go to bed. So that was full-blown flu, and that's what these vouchers and these vaccinations are all about. How does the flu Spread. So really, this is droplets in the air. So of course, we've heard a lot about COVID things being aerosol, and luckily we don't have to worry about that with flu. But anytime we cough or sneeze or talking a louder voice, we're expelling respiratory drops from our mouth or from our nose. Just breathing that in or touching a surface where it may have touched, we can pick it up pretty easily that way as well. So it's a very contagious virus, which makes it hard to contain, unfortunately. And folks are just not going to wear masks anymore, are we? I mean, nobody's saluting that flag anymore. If you go out every once in a while, you'll see somebody with a mask and you wonder, well, maybe they've really got something different or something. So there's that. But masks would probably help, of course. It would. It would, yeah. But understandably, people have committed their time to wearing a mask and they're ready to get back to some normalcy. And so one of the easiest things we can do is use the crook of our arm there at our elbow to try to cover, wash hands frequently, sanitize services. Some of these are just preventative measures to keep it from spreading. But the flu vaccine is very unique in that it helps to prevent you from catching it, which means it helps to prevent the spread of it. And then in the off chance that you still do catch it, it's going to reduce the severity. So we've got really two different preventative 
side to this of sanitizing part and trying to contain it, but also we can prevent it in a very proactive way with a vaccine in this case. Sleep apnea can bring on some heart problems because of blood flow from one side of the heart to the other, to the lungs and things like that. So it can have complications beyond just not getting a good night's sleep and being sleepy during the day and things like that. But the flu has its own set of complications, doesn't it? It does, yes. So anybody that's had the flu knows it's pretty rough all by itself. It's not something that is quick to come and go. It tends to linger for a while. But in the really severe cases, which is really what we're trying to prevent by encouraging the vaccines, is that infection can spread beyond the nose, throat, and lungs. So then it can turn into things like bronchitis, pneumonia, It can create inflammation in numerous areas in the body and can lead to hospitalization and can also lead to death too. We don't hear that number very often, but every year those numbers are kind of alarming. It tends to be people who are immune compromised, but not always. There's always those few cases of somebody who was seemingly perfectly healthy and then it just hit them really hard. I remember during the COVID thing, there were a lot of people with the flu bad enough, as you've just described, to go into the hospital. And that really complicated things for them and for the hospital and for everybody in the hospital. It's like putting ammonia and bleach in the same bottle. Yeah, exactly. I think this is probably always going to be true going forward. But when you've got something like the flu, the last thing you want to do is to go into a hospital and risk catching something else. So if we can tame it down a little bit with the vaccine, prevent that very severe case of it, and then prevent somebody from catching something else, then that's a double win right there. One of the other things that you point out in terms of complications is seizures, and I hadn't really known about that. I'm sure it's not very common, but again, it's one of those things that you can get, and there's nothing you can really do about it. And that can be coming from multiple things. Sometimes this is very high fever that can go along with the flu, but sometimes it also gets into brain inflammation as well, and so there's multiple potential causes that are coming from the flu and your body trying to fight it off. Now, August is, in fact, the reason for our topic here this morning is the fact that August is National Immunization Awareness Month. But is August the month that you want to get your flu shot? I guess it's good to get it regardless of when you get it, but is there a best month of the year to go ahead and get the flu vaccine? That's a really good question, and I'm glad you asked that because the flu vaccine is recommended every year, but it's really only good for about six months from the time that you get it. And so really we want to wait until September, maybe even just a little bit closer to October, but really most places don't start offering it until September. So we're coming up here in the next couple of weeks to that time. So it's time to be thinking about it now and go ahead and get that scheduled in between trips on the road. But September would be the ideal time to get it. Got it. So August is awareness month. September is get the shot month. Yes, and now it's time to get it done, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't realize the vaccine only is good for about six months. So as in everything else, timing is everything. Speaking of timing, though, okay, so I go down on a Monday and I get my flu shot. Am I good to go at that moment? Good question. Not just yet. So it takes about two weeks to really develop adequate antibodies. 
your body's got to do some work there for a while. You know, that feeling that you get after you've had a vaccine where sometimes you feel just a little tired and you may even run a mild fever and feel slightly sick. Sometimes that does happen. That is your body building up those antibodies and being prepared to put up a good fight if it were to see this virus again, which it likely is going to, so it's going to do its job. But yeah, about two weeks before you really got adequate coverage. Got it. Got it. So you want to be aware of that. And again, timing on the macro scale would be September, maybe very early October. And then the micro scale is it's going to take about two weeks for it to completely immunize you. And in the process, you're going to feel a little bit of the flu because pretty much that's what they're putting in you. And then you're going to beat it and then you're going to win the game, so to speak. I have fairly mild flu shot symptoms, but my wife really kind of feels bad for a couple of days and it's worth it. Yeah, it's hard to say that in the moment, but when you compare it to worst case scenario, that's where we realize, yeah, it probably really is worth it to go ahead and get it done. And I know nobody enjoys those couple of days of not feeling well, but if it prevents the worst case scenario, then it definitely is going to be worth it. One of the complications that we talked about, heart problems, difficulty breathing, things like that, and even seizures, those are things But we didn't mention pneumonia, viral pneumonia. And that is another immunization that drivers can get through St. Christopher. We hear pneumonia quite a bit, and I'm sure a lot of folks don't know very much about it like me. So what is pneumonia? So pneumonia, simply put, it's an infection of the lungs, but it can come from numerous places. So it could come from a virus. So something like the flu or another respiratory virus could cause it. It can come from bacteria, and in some cases, it can also come from a fungus as well. We don't see that quite as often here in the United States, but it still can happen. So the pneumonia vaccine is actually focused very specifically on the bacterial causes of pneumonia. So it's just a small piece of it, but it tends to be the piece that is harder to prevent. So like we talked about with the flu, we can wash hands, we can cover cough, we can stay away from people that are sick. But with bacteria, bacteria are everywhere. We're covered in them even when we have just had a shower. It's good bacteria too, for that matter. Yes, and there's good bacteria, absolutely. So they're really everywhere. And so that's what makes this vaccine very unique and that we're focusing on the bacterial side of things because we can't get rid of all bacteria. That's just not possible. So that, of course, can be very deadly when we get those deadly bacteria down into our lungs. The complications can be very severe. So that's the part that we're aiming to prevent here. Well, in that movie called, Well, As Bad As It Is, It Can Always Get Worse, we talk about the flu, and as bad as that is, you can have all of those complications and everything, pneumonia being one of them, of course. But then pneumonia can lead to some other things which are pretty doggone scary. Yes. So there's a cluster of things that can come along with it that we call pneumococcal disease. And in lighter cases of this, this could be an ear infection or a sinus infection. So if you've ever had a bad respiratory bug and had it spread into something else, that's probably what you are experiencing. But it can also cause inflammation of the spinal cord in the brain, which is meningitis. It can get into the bloodstream, which is sepsis. I mean, we can see some really scary things coming from this in the more severe cases. That's really what we're looking to prevent here. So every year just from pneumococcal disease, we're seeing about 150 people hospitalized. So this is covering all different forms, uh, viral, bacterial, and fungal infections. But they all look very similar in that they've spread pretty significantly. They've gone beyond just the lungs 
or have gotten to the point where the person's having a hard time breathing, they can't catch their breath, and so it's time to go to the hospital. So it can be very scary when it gets severe. 150,000 people hospitalized every year for pneumonia. And here's another place where St. Christopher comes to the forefront. On our Pittsburgh Power Pit Stop, they have that fuel catalyst. And a catalyst is something that pushes things forward, makes things happen. Cigarette smoke is a catalyst for the conditions that pneumonia brings on. So cigarette smoke really makes a bad thing a lot worse. St. Christopher has the answer to that too, right? We do. Yes, we absolutely do. So when we're looking at some of the things we can do to help prevent severe cases of pneumonia, it's about managing chronic diseases, but also avoiding cigarette smoke, whether it's secondhand smoke or if you yourself are smoking. So we offer a smoking cessation program. It's called Rigs Without Cigs. And that program is also with me. So if anybody were to get started, you would be talking to me directly. We would talk through current habits and what options we have to help you quit smoking and come up with a plan together. And then we jump right into that plan. We're going to close out with, I guess, in terms of the way, well, they're all bad, so I'm not going to prioritize here, but shingles. I have the shingles vaccine. You get it twice. There's a lot of commercials on TV for it. But one of the things you point out in the notes that you were kind enough to send down, Lindsay, is that one in three people in the U.S. will have shingles, and it's something you do not want to have. Yes, exactly. The older we get, the higher that risk is. But as a whole, one in three people are going to have shingles at some point in their lifetime. So that's not really great odds. I hate to say that, but luckily there is a vaccine and it's very effective, which is a wonderful thing in completely preventing it. This is not even just reducing the severity. This is completely preventing it. It's more than 90% effective. So there's the good news. Anybody that's ever had chickenpox is at risk for shingles. That virus actually stays in our body and will just kind of become dormant. And then any number of things can reactivate it. This could be like a period of stress in our lives. This could be maybe we weren't just getting enough sleep for a while. It could just be really bad luck. I hate to say that, but it could Mm be. And the next thing we know, we've got a full-blown case of shingles. I had chicken pox in second grade. I still have a chicken pox scar right here in the middle of my forehead. (laughs) So I'm one of the people, if you haven't had chicken pox, I guess you're okay. You can get the vaccine anyway, just to be safe. But if you've had chicken pox at any point in your life, you have that virus. It's not like the vaccine won't prevent you from getting the virus. You have the virus. And I think that's hard to get across to people. Yeah, it is kind of an odd thought process that we have this virus just living in us at all times. It's a little spooky, but that's what happens. And it could reactivate at any time. And unfortunately, that risk just increases as we are getting older and also in periods of stress. The blistering rashes on your body are extremely painful and things like that. But you also point out some other things that shingles can affect, and you wouldn't think that these would be on the list. Yeah, so these are kind of odd to think about. So if you were to get a case of shingles that spread to your face, which is fairly common, it can actually affect your vision, and that can be a long-term problem. It can affect hearing as well. And going back to pneumonia, it can also lead to pneumonia. Inflammation of the brain, like what we were talking about with pneumonia, it can cause meningitis, and it also can lead to death in severe cases. So we think of it as being this external rash that's just very uncomfortable and painful and inconvenient, but it can also lead to more severe complications as well. 
Now, the shingles vaccine is a little different in terms of who gets it. And our trucking population, as we all know, is getting a little bit older. Not as old as me, but getting there. So adults over 50. But if you have a weakened immune system, you want to be 19 or older. As I mentioned earlier, it's two doses. And you mentioned that it's over 90% effective, which is about as good as you're going to get. The flu vaccine lasts for six months. How long does the shingles vaccine last? It is highly effective for seven years. When we say highly effective, we're still right at that 90% effective rate. Seven years, that's a pretty lengthy time to go without having to get another one, which is a really nice thing. That closes out this edition of the Highway Health Podcast. We would like to take this opportunity to thank you once again for spending part of your day with us on Pod Wheels, powered by Radio Nemo. Now, folks, you can always find the Highway to Health podcast through Podwheels powered by Radio Nemo. And let's tell you about a few of the outlets where the podcast is available. You can listen to all of the episodes of the Highway to Health podcast through our website. Or you can subscribe to the podcast through all of the major podcast platforms, including Apple, Spotify, iHeart, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. Just go to wherever you get your podcast and search Highway to Health. The Highway to Health Podcast is a production of Podwheels powered by Radio Nemo.